What's with all these badass women in movies and TV who still need to be rescued by men? Or the ones who can defeat armies of muscle-bound henchmen barehanded, but have to do it in skin-tight suits and high heels? And what's up with those badass women who never wanted or needed a man until our suave hero sexed her up, and then she dies? Welcome to the Outrider Podcast's seven-part series, Problematic Badass Female Tropes. I'm your host, Jason Quinn Malott, and I'll be talking with the writer, performer, and all-around badass who identified these tropes, my friend, Jen Zukowski. So strap on some pasties and a merkin, and let's do this thing. Welcome to the Outrider Podcast, our series on problematic badass female tropes. Today's episode is Down the Rabbit Hole. Now, I'm going to apologize right now for doing this three shows in a row and coming up with an alternate name. <laughs> <laughs> Are we doing like a different name every seven, every, every single episode? We have seven different names, right? Right. But I, but see, the thing is, is that I feel like I shouldn't, I feel there was, I was, I was worrying today that if I came up with a third one, you would begin to think that I was not taking this seriously. And yet. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. What? Hey, Jason. Have we met? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been a while since we've been around each other in person. So I just wanted to make sure that I am taking this seriously, but I can't help myself. So, okay. Well, look here. What's the difference between what you and I are doing right now and what we used to do in grad school? Not much, except we have, except we have essays now to riff off of. Well, it's, we have, we have. Well, we, we used to riff off of our own writing a lot, a lot of the time, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. That Every once true. in a while. That is true. The only the only difference I will aver is that we are not in physical proximity of each other, but we're doing exactly the same thing. We're drinking right. copiously. We're talking about literature. That's right. So my my so alternate my alternate title for today was down <laughs> okay. down the badass hole. <laughs> Down the bad asshole. Down the bad asshole. (laughs) Oh wow! Yeah, depending on what, uh, which emphasis on which syllable you you have, (laughs) any number of meanings. Down the bad asshole. Down the bad asshole. Down the down the bad asshole. Down the the bad asshole. Which is how I normally do it. You know, being who I am and all. So. Just for the for the <laughs> all right. God so for the all for right. the sake of uh, of the readers who have decided that they aren't going to read the essays. Well, fuck those readers, listeners. I mean, did I say readers? I meant listeners. No, yeah, no, we don't want to. They're nice people. They just happen to prefer the audio version. So what well, is the? I'm sit here and read it aloud to them. I know you don't have to read the essay. We're just doing a quick recap <laughs> of the yeah, of the high points. Are. Of what here's the, what I want. the here's rabbit what I hole down do. the rabbit hole trope is down the rabbit hole. Um, what I would like to do this time, mm-hmm. instead of um, prattle on like yeah. I have been the past couple of episodes, I would like to hear your take on what you think the center of the down the rabbit hole trope is. Having read this, however many times you have read it, and then I can go, "Hey, that's not what I meant. I meant it to be like this," or. Like, I, I just, I'm just curious. I'm curious to see, like, okay. what you bring from it after having read the article yourself. 
well, you know, I'm just just mixing it up a little. Keep the body guessing. I, I am tempted to think that I've uh, let me well here's how my my basic basic understanding of of down the rabbit hole is you have a a female character who in one fashion or another is um, much like Alice in Wonderland sent into a a semi alternate space either because they are they are somehow out of place with the environment that they've been introduced into. So like River Tam, um, uh-huh. um, Lilu from The Fifth Element, they have been mm-hmm. taken out of some space of normalcy and put into a space of abnormalcy. And in that space... They're through then, the ringer. Right. And in that space, um, they... Uh, they do kind of a, a version of the hero's journey. They acquire powers or not, or or help and from various places. And but the problem with this particular trope is that what it's what it's doing is is from your essay putting a lot of of, of sexual overtones and dependency onto it that really shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that I did have a a, a bit of a problem with. Um, that I was kind of a little, as I felt that you were perhaps hitting the idea of of hitting a, hitting the idea a bit too hard of of the torture having a a sexual element to it, mm-hmm. um, or or a, or a titillating kind of. Um, were, were you not seeing that, that well, um, aspect of it? You know the the thing is that you know we we talk there are certain movies out there that we we have classified that have been classified as you know word porn so torture porn right. violence yeah. porn right but in those well, the, cases, the word porn meaning the word porn meaning it's merely for like a titillating type of well, like visual pleasure right. No, where where porn is meaning it's it's gratuitous and graphic. So the way I think of let's let's talk let's oh, let's okay. whittle it down to just basic the basic term porn or pornography. Yeah, that's a different it, term. It, than... it has a certain element to it. Yes, where it does titillate, or at least that's what it was originally designed to do. What is passing as porn right now, I would not really think of as being as necessarily titillating. I would term it the way that uh, that dan savage did is it's it's kabuki sex it's, it's stunt sex. love savage right yeah and so pornography just straight sex porn yes it's about sex but it's unrealistic and it's and right that's mm-hmm. but we can take that term that basic concept of it being performative of it being exaggerated mm-hmm. um in that, in that sense of, of the way Savage refers to it as kabuki. So what, what you <laughs> have great. here, yeah. what you have here with, with what you call torture porn is not, because what I, what I thought here was sometimes is that you were, you were using that term porn as, as, a, as a literal reference to the sex or the sex aspect of it, and you were hitting that a little bit too hard. Okay. Um, but you know, if, but I, I, it makes a little bit more sense to me if you broaden out that term porn to include that kind of performative, graphic, exaggerated thing. Yes, yeah, these people a, have been. These people it. have been have been. These women have been tortured, but it's not necessarily their 
to uh, to titillate us or to uh, or to have us feel pleasure at their being tor- at those women being tortured, right? So in the way that it's it's because when you take a look at actual you know like torture porn type of um, stuff like like the Saw series, yeah, it's the where, right? But that's where you have the audience is is being particularly asked the it's not so much the audience being asked to enjoy the suffering of that character but it's this weird kind of a directorial desi- I think the director takes more pleasure in putting the suffering on and he thinks that he's saying something about the human condition by doing something that graphic but it's missing entirely hence we call it porn because it's performative it's graphic it's unrealistic it doesn't see i would say doesn't the directors of those movies do actually expect and are doing that specifically to have their audience enjoy in a certain way enjoy what they're seeing absolutely you know, he I mean, is absolutely. maybe maybe that's a uh, um a moral rigidity on my part where it's that you know i do not ever get any type of pleasure or joy out of the 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 torture and suffering of others no of course not no but and so, other people and so, do and that's the idea right but and so that's that's kind of, that to me it feels like kind of a big hole in the middle of, of this trope because I would say that I should add a couple of, um, I, I like your, your definition of porn as being, cause I think that your problem with this trope is in your definition of porn specifically. Uh-huh. And what I'm writing about when I say, when I write about torture porn in this particular article, uh-huh. it's not specifically that, I mean, yeah, I, I actually really like your, your pinning of porn meaning something that's graphic and exaggerated and, and performative and like theatrical almost. Right. I, I like that a lot, but I'm talking about porn. I'm talking about something that is purely for visual pleasure for you look at it and you get pleasure. Right. That's what porn right. actually is. So you, you look at like websites are like, here, here's some food porn for you. Here's some, that's what they're talking about when they say, when they use the word porn and when, there's a movie that's, uh-huh, that's categorized uh-huh. in that sub that sub genre of horror called torture porn. That's right. the idea of those movies, though you of course, would never <laughs> enjoy something like that being Jason Malott. Right. That is, that is the idea of those movies like saw. It is right. literally to give you a, it's not, I mean, I don't, the word pleasure can denote all kinds of things, but that is the well, idea true, actually true. is that you get a visual stimulation from watching that torture. Right, right. So that's what I'm talking about. There's this dual thing in in the down the rabbit hole thing where you have infantilization of the badass character as well as a brutalization of the character. It's this twofold thing, which makes which makes the strong female character tortured, and you're supposed to enjoy watching this process. It's supposed to be stimulating. I don't know if titillating necessarily is the right word every time you use it, but right. stimu- it should be stimulating to you. Also, though, that this that actually completely disempowers the character because then that character is also infantilized at the same time, which means that she is completely dependent on the male characters, the, the, the bigger male characters in her story. And in fact, she's actually quite useless without them. Like we're looking, at, I'm looking at Lilu and River Tam in particular, They're, they have absolutely, they can't right. function in, the, in life without the males in their world. 
Yeah. Well, I, I think there's does that a, make does that make a little more sense? Well, if yeah, I, if I understand I the, the, the I understand the arc of your of the argument. Um, oh, okay. What I'm what I'm saying is is that if 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 the intent, as you say here, is to is to have some kind of or derive some kind of pleasure in the torturing of this badass female character, then what what I'm I kind of guess what I'm saying is that why that creates kind of a big hole in the trope for me is that that kind of really only hits a, a, a small segment of the audience watching it, if that's the case. I mean, I can't be alone as the only person who, who sits there <laughs> and, and cringes when, when River Tam is tortured. I don't get anything out of those scenes that I would ever call anywhere near pleasure or, or you know, yeah, she got it, you know. It's like, uh, it's, well, it's not that extreme, but it, it's it's right. more of a it's more of a getting a stimulated kind of. Well, just maybe this will be clear. At the end of the article, I talk about why is this even a problem? Because there's all kinds of characters, men and women, that get tortured all the time in movies, especially action movies. That's so kind of part right. of the point. Right. Is you put a, a a badass character, whatever the gender, in the middle of the, of all kinds of things, and you the the the, the enjoyment of an action movie is to watch that character get their ass out of all the scrapes that they get to. The thing is that it's this dual sexualization of it and infantilization of it. Like I'm looking in particular at the end of that article, I, uh -huh. I compare two characters. One is Beatrix Kiddo from um, the Kill Bill movies. I and the other like is... I those movies at all. <laughs> well, I have those a, I have a problem. in the stunt coordination business kind of enjoy part of them, but... Yeah, well, but, I mean, so, I mean, I mean look at, but, visually, visually well, Tarantino's movies are, are, is that are amazing, but there's a big, There's a big difference between all of the trials and tribulations that she goes through. Uh -huh. You watch her and, and the, the gaze that you're supposed to have by watching her go through all this stuff, the types of tortures she goes through, the costumes she wears, the lines right. she speaks, all that stuff is in is different than say watching John Wick. Is that the Keanu Reeves thing? Yeah. Or like like look at the look at the escape scene in Doctor No, right? James Bond is crawling through the escape ventila ventilation. <laughs> There's a, there's an old, uh, it, it first started through email. This is a little side, side note, but it's, it's, open. there's this little old uh, meme that would always circulate through email. It was called, if I become evil overlord. And it's like all these things I'm not going to do. So it went through all the tropes of like evil overlord <laughs> and how the hero gets to, <laughs> I will not have ventilation shafts big enough to crawl through. <laughs> right. All of my minions will have clear plastic masks for their helmets. Anyway, so. <laughs> Don't tell I, the good I, guy your plans, you know, when you've got him on the rack and you're going to kill him, just kill him. Just kill him. Just when the hero him. says, aren't you going to tell me your plan before you kill me? Shoot him in the head no. and then say no. <laughs> All kinds of stuff. It's great. Um, but anyway, so, but the point of watching... Like, like like John McClane going through all of his trials and tribulations uh -huh. and die hard. Um, I'm thinking especially that particular scene in Dr. No where James Bond is crawling through that ventilation shaft. There's one right. section of it that gets really hot and that burns in. The other section gets really cold. And so, but the way it's shot, the way it is portrayed, we're not supposed to enjoy watching him get hurt. The idea isn't 
isn't like a punishment of him because he's a strong character. The idea is, oh, wow, look how resourceful this character is. Oh, wow, look how smart he is to think right. about wrapping his hand his hands with parts of his shirt to get through this part of the oh wow that that took a lot of strength and a lot of resourcefulness to get through that but wouldn't as opposed to when it's a female badass it's more like it's just more it's more porn it's more graphic it's more over the top it's more about the enjoyment of watching her go through that stuff right it's not about her resourcefulness or her smarts because then she also gets infantilized She's think, completely useless that, on her I, own. Well, I think the two things are a little bit different. I think a more apt comparison would be because one of the things about the the torture that particularly um, River Tam goes through, she is she's she's strapped down. She is confined. She's she's um, bound. And I think a more apt comparison would be when when Mal and and wash are actually tortured not that they go through a trial or you know it's not they're not they're not moving they're going i mean comparing what they so i'm you know comparing some of the the torture even that uh when does lulu get tortured it's it's the same thing it's 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 that when we watch mal and wash get tortured we're not expected to be like ooh about it we're like oh look at how they Keep, look at how Mal keeps his emotional strength in order to keep Wash going. Look at their physical strength that they're able to withstand, uh-huh. where it is they can withstand, and stuff like that. Whereas when we watch River get tortured, it's really quite—it's quite pornographic. Right, but the the torture also the torture and in the context of the story. Well, yes, the I men, agree. The men I don't have any. Aren't... I don't have any. Um, I don't have any beef with with your. Um, assumption that in this particular trope, the the badass women are infantilized. They are treated, um, they are given kind of that naive, particularly Lilu from Fifth Element is yeah is emotionally a child. Yeah, you know, she's literally born yesterday. Born yesterday, and to a certain extent, River Tam is that way too. Yes, exactly. Yep, but. Um, so I don't. I, I mean, that's not where I see the hole. What I where, for me the hole is is the is that it's the torture part it's of the it. The aspect around around torture, because mm-hmm. you know um, whether the director intended a certain. This goes back to some of the stuff we used to talk about in in graduate school, and mm-hmm. about you know what your what your intention, what your um, can you can you think of any? I'm gonna ask you a, a dual, a twofold question. Then, okay. When, it, when we talk about this, it's a, it, it's a, the trope. Both things about the trope are essential. Like, you can't really separate the one from the other. It's kind of the 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 trope is actually both at the same time. Right. So I would ask, can you think of a male specifically i'm thinking about a lot of action hero kind of centered characters you can tell by the examples that i bring up in the article so can you think of a male character that goes through a lot of trials and tribulations but you don't even have to call it torture although it may look like it in the Mm -hmm. movie that goes through a lot 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 of insane challenges and yet is still useless without a female character or without another male character in other words, do you see any any central male action figure that goes through all these trials and tribulations 
and yet is not able to do it on his own, is, is basically useless without another man or without a woman. Well, that's... Or can you think of any female character? That's your entire Cop Buddy movie right there is these two guys... They're not useless without the other, though. They save each other a lot, and they, they have a lot of sort of dual hero, heroics. But you take either one of them, you put them in their own movie, right. they would be just fine. Maybe. They're not rendered useless without the other. I'm thinking Lethal in particular. Right. There's a lot of ways in well, like which a, they and, and, ameliorate and yet, each other and they save each other, but yeah, they're not useless and, and without that, each other. Right, and that and I don't have a that's and I think you're asking and I understand that point and that's another aspect of it that I don't have a problem with because yes, you infantilize these these women characters, and then okay. you do make them dependent on some other male character, and we can talk about that in a little bit the, the nuances of that. But I don't, I don't have a problem with that part of the trope. What I have a problem with is, is how part. hard you're hitting that that idea that we should, that we are asked to, or or that we somehow are to be enjoying the 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 sexualized torture well, of these characters. You're expected to. When, you don't have to. Be. <laughs> when when I I think that's to me that's probably the hardest kind of thing to get my head around because some people may get a charge out of watching women get tortured and that and this part thing really appeals to them. But, you know, I, I have never conflated and maybe it's because I don't have any, um, attraction or, or I'm not, I'm not tempted. I don't find, I don't find bondage. You just don't interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that um, might be why it, that you're having trouble wrapping your brain around it, too, because, I mean, I, I would say then this is my second question. Then I would say then look at or it's a, it's a request, not a question, but look at the the underlying. I mean, not that you react that way because you don't, but what you're expected to react like when you right. look at a female badass character going through stuff versus a male character you're expected to feel differently about john wick coming out of his movie all bloodied and sweaty than you are when you watch beatrix kiddo coming out of her movie bloodied and sweaty and on her back it's a very different expectation of gaze it's very different and you may of course you like what you're saying like i don't i don't get up yeah. on that that's not anything that i would understand but that is the expectation, is that you're expected to go, wow, James Bond is such a badass. Holy shit, how did he get through that? Whereas when you see Beatrix Kiddo go through her stuff, you're, it's a whole different gaze. It's a whole different right. voyeuristic aspect of it. But she doesn't have that, that sidekick or, or that male character that she's useless without. Well, if it, it's arguable that she's... Her whole thing is about killing. It's of course the titles of the movie is Kill Bill. Yeah, and then we'll get more into her story when we look at um, Mother Knows Best. Right, as well. right. Yeah, and though she does spoiler alert, she does end up um, successful. It, she is still pretty damn. Subs I mean, she gets buried alive. Well, yeah, that's what puts her on her journey is getting buried alive. She's going to get revenge for having been buried alive. That seems. I regret having wasted my life watching those movies. <laughs> Some, sometimes just being a stunt coordinator, being a stage combat person, I, I tend to sort of 
air quotes enjoy movies that have a lot of interesting yeah. fight scenes, even though I don't necessarily enjoy the movies themselves. I just like them for their fight scenes. <laughs> but well, that's I mean, a side note. <laughs> a little, well, here's, a, here's another side note, because I feel like we've sort of brushed up against it, but I, I want to come back to it. I really liked, when I first saw it in college, Reservoir Dogs. I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. Ah, that's one of my favorite movies. And But then as I've watched other Tarantino movies over the years, I just kind of like... <sighs> Fuck off, dude. Sometimes it's like it's like it's like watching David Mamet. It's just plays or movies. You're just like, do I have to listen to you fucking talk at me again? Right. <laughs> it's like, and sh- shut up. Well, it's like <laughs> my dude, my dude. Shh. <laughs> you know I. And I love Mamet too, but God, just right. sometimes you just gotta make him shut up. I mean, I had the most violent reaction to Inglorious Bastards. I fucking oh, I never hate saw that it. movie. That just never saw it. Should uh, I see it just to make a bitch about it? No, I don't care what you do okay. with it. I fuck that movie. <laughs> oh, I I oh, just okay. hated it. Um, and I I sort of barely tolerated Django Unchained. I don't even know why I watched that. I didn't see that one either. Um, but at least eh. I kind of, I kind of petered out after Pulp Fiction, which I liked a lot. Yeah. And then there was the the hateful eight. I stopped Disney and I stopped Tarantino at about the same time. What does that say about? (laughs) I just kind of stopped watching Disney after Hercules. I just kind of stopped watching. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just don't, I don't understand I don't understand Tarantino's obsession with violence because I think some people make excuses for the violence in his movies. Like, Oh, it's, you know, Mm -hmm. saying this or it's doing that, or, Oh, it's just this cartoon stuff. It's, you know, he's He's trying to commenting on the numbness of us all towards the violence. I think And it's like, really, really? Because frankly, this is gratuitous and obnoxious and it's not even, (laughs) it's just like there because he wants to see how many blood packs he can blow up. You know, it's like, yeah, he he mushes it in your face, like a little to an extreme. And, and yes, I, I kind of, I, you know, when people, if you've got something to say about violence, then make the violence, Say something, not just be violence for violence's sake, not just be well, gore think, for gore's sake. Um, I think in, in Pulp Fiction, he did. I think in Pulp Fiction, what happened with the violence was that there was so much of it that by the time we got to the kid's head getting blown apart in the car, we we're suddenly laughing at the violence because there's so, so much of it. And we are dealing with characters that deal with it so casually and so often during their lives that it, it almost makes us question like oh my god why am i laughing at this, this is horrible but you, it does make mm. you question that i think other movies of his don't do that but i think that's the idea right if i was going to give him the benefit of the doubt <laughs> right but but but, I, but obviously that's that's also in his earlier movies though i think right. that after that, he became so famous that I think after that, it was just like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. I'm Tarantino. Wee. Right. And, and, and if you look at Grindhouse, Grindhouse is an actual, it's, it, that's a very uh, distinct version of this trope, actually, even though all his women in that movie are amazing badasses. Which one was his? Was that 
death car or whatever it was. I think was, it was the one of the stunt women in it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't From like what that I remember. One. That one I didn't like. It's this dual thing of young yeah. women and sexiness and and violence. Like the the sexiness and the violence are kind of like hand in hand. Right. Right. But to loop it back to what we're talking about here is that it's that same thing. It's that if they're trying to say something about um, if they're trying to sexualize the torture of, of young, helpless women, it's not working on me. Right. Well, good. OK. And and to me, though, it seems like so. Yeah, that's the, that's the hole in the in the trope for me is because because you don't really get that. Right now, and yeah. here's the other here's here's the other half of that. On mm-hmm. when it comes to say the fifth element, I when you have the the site you know Corbin Dallas, that yeah. that does make the whole thing problematic because he's not really bringing anything special or unique to the table, except he's just a dick. man. He's just yeah, a man. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. She's a, yeah. she's a helpless born yesterday naif who's going to save the world. But except she's also this is the thing about because I remember every one of the seven tropes are about a badass character uh-huh. in particular. Like see the the down the rabbit hole, like the non badass version of it when you look at like like horror movies where it's the the girl running away into the forest. This is damsel in distress. But when it's a badass character, it's like it's like when it's Lilo or River Tan. These these women are skinny and young looking. And you know, often white, mm-hmm. and yet they're geniuses, or they're you know they're extraordinary in some way. Look at how Lulu does her fight scenes. There is no way that skinny woman can do that kind of physical action. But then they get completely, like their power gets completely taken away from them. Well, like I said, with with when. I think your trope holds up strongest with the Lilu character because Corbin Dallas does not is not bringing anything unique or special to the mm-hmm. table. Lilu is right. this, you know, ultimate weapon badass, but you know, is, has been infantilized and sexualized. That's all yeah. obvious right there with everything on there. And all mm-hmm. Corbin Dallas is 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 extra muscle with a dick. He's not right. really doing anything for her that she can't do for herself except for navigate the nuances of the world because she was born yesterday. Right. 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 Yeah. For me, where, where this particular trope breaks down for, for river Tam is that she is legitimately physically, emotionally, psychologically damaged because of what happened to her. Mm-hmm. She had her amygdala strip. She's been tampered with. Yeah. So, and her brother, in particular, yes, she relies on him heavily, but he actually brings something to the table to actually help her. He is a doctor. He's just not there to protect her from all the trouble she might get into because she's naive. He's actually has a functional, legitimate reason to be there. And so, when he's helping her, it's not that it's not as it's not as condescending or sexual or sexist as. Corbin Dallas because he does have that purpose to find out Except what medically is wrong with her and fix it. Right, right. Yeah. It's not nearly as as overt as the as the fifth element thing. Right. Yeah. And but she so, is still useless without him and her will. Right, she still because she can do nothing. She's not functional. 
but you can see in the story why why it is right but she's 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 useless um a lot of times because she has been she's she's useless in the way that a car is useless without tires right it's still a right. car it still functions you can still get it from one place to the other if you put it on a tow truck but <laughs> you know <laughs> whereas whereas Lilu is you know, aside there's, from there's no reason naive, why she should be dependent on him. Right. There's no reason at all why she should, should yeah. be, be dependent on Corbin Dallas, except for the fact that he has a dick. And right. that is condescending. That's f- ridiculous. Now that still doesn't. So, still, I still like that movie. It's a shit ton of fun to watch. Oh no, it's but, totally fun. Yeah. No, no, like I say at the end of every article, like just still enjoy this stuff. It's right. great. It's great stuff. Well, okay. So then, what about? I mean, why does then why does it have to be a brother? Why couldn't she have a sister or, or her mother, the doctor that could save her? Why does it have they, to be? They why does needed, she have to be they needed, to they needed a love interest for um, Kaylee. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You know what? <laughs> I'll allow it because that's adorable, and I love that love story so much. Right. <laughs> Do you see what I mean, though? Like you're right. There is so much more of an actual plot and character reason. And also, here's this: Why, why isn't River Tam of of curvy, heavy woman? Why is she not in her twenties, just like her brother? Why does she have to be this waif, this this sexy, long-haired, seventeen-year-old waif, who is, of course, then also dependent on right the man? You know what I'm saying? Like. Yes, you're right. There is way more character, way more plot reasons for her to be like that. But look at it, though, too. And it's it's okayer than Fifth Element is, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yes, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And it's arguable that Beatrix Kiddo and Kill Bill even is subservient to men in her world, although I would argue that she is. But, but you well, can see how it's out. still there. She starts off being subservient. I mean, that's... The whole, her whole entire adventure is because of being subservient to this teacher. At one teacher. point, and then, yeah. And then him, so, I mean, you know, killing so her yes, and leaving like, her for dead. It's like in all but, these tropes, there are some that are actually kind of almost okay. Right. And almost fine, and almost not that. Like, we looked at, what was it that we looked at in last time? It was something. We found, we found one or two characters in each trope, and we still will. That are yeah. like, well, you know, that's almost, it's okay because of this, you know, yeah, there are plot reasons, there are actual character reasons, as opposed to just completely over the top shit, like the first Marion and Marion effect. Right. But it's the uh, reason, it, the reason those are okay there. is because you have something that you have an exception to that okayness. You know, it's, it's. Yeah. It's, but like, again, why is it not her sister? Why is it, why is she skinny and wayfish and sexy? I. You know, why is she not an older, full-boned... Why is she the older sister? Why? Well, do you know what I mean? Like, she's still a young, teenage, right. kind of not-quite-woman that is subservient to the, the man or slash men in her life who is actually portrayed as being pretty damn sexy. Well, you know, I guess way, if, if, if you're making someone into a, into, a, into a secret weapon, then part of the... Uh, I mean... If so, what's oh, what was that? There was sure. Some so why movie. is it Lilo a, a guy? There was some. It was some movie or a cartoon. What was this? It was a. It was a story, I think, somewhere. 
uh, what it was. Oh, it was a, I think it was a Philip K. Dick story. Um, oh shit. I can't remember the name of it. And, but it was like, there was this, this epic world war is going on and, you know, it was, it was humans against machines, kind of like the Terminator thing. And there's this last, you know, there's supposed to be this last stronghold of humans left. And this character is supposed to be trying to get to it. And, you know, he's always on the lookout for these other robots or drones or things that are put out by the, uh, the, the, the machines that are trying to kill them all that, that mimic like dying soldiers and, or wounded civilians or something. Like this, Wasn't Blade that, Runner uh, based on a dick? Book? Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Or this might not might have been, this might have been Matheson. Were they replicants? Oh, okay. Um, not that dick, but Matheson. I'd okay. But uh, the guy who wrote um, The Incredible Shrinking Man and, yeah. and stuff like this. So, but, and so this war is going on and, and you know, so you have the, everybody gets really paranoid about, you know, letting other people into their, their camps or their, or their safe space because the whole point behind, um, you know, the enemy is that they're making these human-like things that are injured or wounded or, or you know, somehow crippled and, and weak so that you – it activates that human, you know, oh, compassion so and what happens so they get the it into, the, into ah. their thing and then it will turn on them and kill them all, right? <laughs> so if you're going to be <laughs> – so if you're going to make an ultimate weapon, which what River Tam was supposed to be, why not have her be the wayfish thin, uh, you know – helpless girl who then you know a little switch goes off and she's you know this ballerina of death <laughs> yeah well ballerina of death that has to be the title of this episode <laughs> every summer at the Longmont dance academy i teach stage combat to the to the ballet academy right i'm totally training i'm totally training ballerinas of death every summer but she is that, that whole that whole scene at the end of the of the Serenity movie is ballet with an axe. Yeah, Serenity movie. Huh? You didn't like that one? <sighs> no, no. What? I didn't like it. I love Firefly. Why did you not like the movie? Because it was obviously Whedon just like, oh shit, okay, 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 um, 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 uh, uh, what could be the most, 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 um, okay, um, <laughs> that's the whole. It sounded just like that the entire time to me. It was like Whedon in my ear going, oh shit, oh shit, okay, 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 uh, okay, uh, okay, um, I don't have time <laughs> for all the other shit I want to do, so. <laughs> But yeah, again, sure, that's what you're saying too. I mean, exactly. Like, what what is it that makes, especially, I would say, a heterosexual man's little brain click like that? Is seeing a a helpless. His or mine? Whedon's or mine? I don't, well, you're talking about like, if I'm (laughs) going to make like a, a fake. If I'm going to make the ultimate weapon, or if I'm going to tempt a human into coming right. to my bait, then you're going to make it into a young, sexy, helpless-ish young girl, right? Right. Because that's what makes your brain go click. So that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. 
because if something is if you see something is harmless you're you're willing you're going to let your guard down whether it's right. whether it's a a wayfish attractive you know um summer glow who <laughs> I was about to say summer glow so great <laughs> right <laughs> you know or or it's, or it's an injured puppy you know both right. of them kind of you know they they activate different areas but they but they but both cause the audience to to let their guard down or the or the aggressor to let their guard down and go okay that's not that's not a threat right well that's i mean that's what this trope is it's 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 in in two different ways that are that are connected mm-hmm. taking the power or the badassness away from a badass female character and it does it in two ways mostly at the same time which is infantilizing her, which is taking away her right. powerfulness, right? Or and or punishing her by torturing her, which is putting the audience in a voyeuristic place, which you would never be in because you're Jason Quinn a lot. But again, allowing—it's <laughs> almost like it's punishing the character for the strength. But it's well, in yeah. those two ways, often at the same time, which is taking that power away. That's the—and you're absolutely right about that. Yes. That's why this character is portrayed like that. And they're portrayed as badass in completely unreal. I, this is a, just an addition. This is just mm-hmm. a branch off of the article. Um, these characters are portrayed as extra badass, even though they physically don't appear like they would be that way. Like River Tam is a doe-eyed little teenage-looking skinny chick. Um, right. Buffy, Buffy is a teenaged skinny white chick. Lilu is really thin and born yesterday so not you know you wouldn't you wouldn't expect such strength out of these girls not right. quite women except that it is there like river can kill you with her brain and lilu is this incredibly advanced specimen of whatever it is that she is and buffy is a slayer and so they have all this kind of innate badassery that's yet undercut and I would I would argue that the, this is just a branch of the this is not right. the center of the trope this is just a, you know, like sort of an extra. It's the first tiny step towards how they get undercut is by their physical appearance. Right. They're Alice. They're a girl. They're a little girl going into Wonderland, and they go through all this stuff. Well, I think in, in all the cases when they get undercut, it's because we undermine their authority and agency as humans because of their yes. gender. Yeah. And. By, yeah. by infantilizing them in this particular case. It's well, infantilizing them and also putting them through the ringer in a completely different way than the male characters are put through ringers. This is why I bring up the Beatrice Kiddo uh, slash John Wick thing. They're, they go, get put through a pretty, both action center, right. action movie centers, which uh-huh. is why I kind of compare those two in particular. They both end up similarly bloodied and with right. blood on their hands at the end of each of their movies. But our, our gaze is completely different with her than it is with John Wick. Hmm. It's almost like, and I know that you don't perceive it like this and good for you, that we're sort of, we're rooting for John Wick to get through all of his trials and tribulations and we're not necessarily enjoying them. Although fight scenes are always enjoyable to a certain degree. Right. But it's more about his resourcefulness, his, savviness his skills at martial arts stuff like that whereas watching beatrix kiddo go through it's almost like we're not rooting for her it's almost like we're rooting for everyone pulverizing her to continue Mm. doing that it's this very different slant at watching it yeah well 
maybe there are people that are rooting against um, kiddo, but it's, I wasn't. It's pretty subtle. Well, no, it's pretty subtle. I mean, it's like, it's not like consciously going, yeah, Kung Fu guys, beat her to a pulp. It's not like consciously doing that. It's not like you're right. consciously fist pumping when you see her buried alive. It's just that it, it is a very, just a very subtle it, lens that gets mm. put on the character that we're expected to look at them a different way. And the way the lens is put on them makes us look at them a different way. Obviously you don't, and that's great, but I think a lot of people do. And I think a lot of people are actually influenced into looking at them that way because they're not really sure what's going on. It is so subtle. With these badass right. characters in particular, it's so subtle. Like like the damsel in distress, it's like, oh, yeah, ha, ha. The teenage girl in her underwear is going to run off into the forest because there's a guy with a knife around. Like that, you know, that's well, that's just so obvious. Well, the other the other thing with the horror movie thing is that, you know, the hoes get killed. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and sexuality equal sexuality and, that, and, and virtue and all that kind of and shit. That particular aspect of horror movies is intensely sexist. Yes, you know, if a it woman, is. In, I mean, if a woman enjoys sex or likes sex or is or is free or liberated with their body, she's the first one to fucking die, and usually that incredibly body, horribly. And that body gets tortured for that. And. I mean, I think that's that is one of the many, many reasons that I just do not like horror movies. I don't like horror movies so much either. I like the psychological thriller types a little bit sometimes, depending. Yeah. But not those just the slasherish types. Although, although my partner sat me down and put me through Hellraiser the other day, and I found that to be very delightful. <laughs> oh yeah. I had, a lovely, I had a lovely time. Yeah. Well, my my. <laughs> oh. My uh, my lady friend so is, a, is a big horror movie fan, and and <laughs> she made me watch um, Rosemary's Baby one time. <gasps> oh, that's terrifying! <laughs> it God. wasn't for me. I was. Oh, was it? I know. I was sitting there watching that, <laughs> and you know, certain things would happen. I go, well, that's how you get a demon baby. <laughs> you know what? And she was ready to throttle me. She was ready to throttle me every time I said demon baby. Oh, there's a demon, ba- demon baby, and she was like, shut She's up. She's like, shut the fuck up. We should get our partners together and sit them down on the couch and let them watch their horror movies, and then you and I go like in the back of the room, like just totally snark <laughs> our brains out at it. Yeah, that's, that's. I mean, what, what, there was there was one movie that she she made me watch. Um, it was the um, oh fuck. Do you know that series of movies, the Annabelle series, with the doll that looks really freaky and it's supposed to be possessed or whatever? Oh no, but freaky mannequins always are kind of scary. What to was me, the name of okay. that movie? I can't remember the name of that movie. Anyway. Especially the autons from like old Who, old Doctor Who autons. Yeah, but their their hand like falls off. And it's a gun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but so I, no, well, I haven't seen the Annabelle movies. <laughs> yeah, it's well, this one isn't one of the Annabelle movies, but the Annabelle movie, the Annabelle doll, kind of has a place in the movie. But the actual movies, the actual story is about this family that is in this house that apparently gets possessed. Uh, one of the the mother gets possessed by some, you know, demon lady that sacrificed her children and hung them from a tree or something. I can't remember. I mean, there was a certain part of that. There was a certain part of that movie that did end up frightening me because I had oh. trouble sleeping. 
Oh. I mean, it was very well done. I mean, the movie was very well done. Um, but there's a certain part of me that's like, I'd love, I'd, some people will go, oh, you don't like horror movies because you're scared. No, no, you give me a good, scary horror movie, and it's like, okay, I'm, you give me a good, scary movie, I will be, okay, cool, do it well. Yeah, I'm scared, but sure. Yeah. Most mm-hmm. of the, yes, I'm, you know, a scary movie, if it scares you, cool. Most of what you call horror movies or scary movies don't scare me. They, they, do, like the, they do that Rosemary's Baby thing where everybody's like going, oh, this is good, this is such a scary, and I'm like going, demon baby, demon baby. <laughs> That's how you get a demon, baby. Right? Well, that's why I like. That's why I like more of the psychological type thriller types because those are just scary. That's just scarier to me than watching lots of fake blood. You know, and uh, so many, so many horror movies for me just are they. They just are are comedy. Yeah. Well, and a lot of the horror movies are actually sort of meant to be like that in a certain way. Right. And I think part of the reason, and I wish I could remember the name of the movie. Um, that she showed me. Maybe I'll try and look it up here. Things you're talking about are totally relevant to this trope. This is just a badass version of a lot of the things you're talking about. It's just that I take I take tropes that are pretty familiar, or I invent new oh, ones. The Conjuring. Some, some the, I, the Conjuring. The Conjuring. Okay. Did you ever see that one? No. Again, like you, know, I'm not a huge horror movie aficionado. Okay. So that was the thing about about The Conjuring, is that. When when characters react rationally to the the horror that is happening around them, then I buy into it. And I'll be like, yes, that was scary. That scared me. The Conjuring scared me a little bit because the people in it reacted rationally to this mm-hmm. stuff that was going on. Most of the time in horror movies, people don't. They just don't, they to me they I go and they don't react the way I would expect someone to react. Well, that's why the Scream franchise is so popular, because it's just like it, it totally takes all the horror movie tropes. It's like, hey, <laughs> and the, the phone call comes in. It's coming from your house. Like all those old stereotypical, like silly shit. The minute somebody starts, you know, reacting irrationally or or and that's OK. So that's actually, I guess, a, a, me saying people act rationally to horror is actually no, you're, you're saying, saying they, they realistically. They, re- they react realistically. They react yeah. in a believable way. You don't to mean rationality, thing. yeah. Because often when you're when you're presented with something frightening, your reaction is irrational. Right, but it'll be Do realistic. It. But it'll be realistic. So it's like, yeah, you know, when 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 you've when you've seen some something when you found the horribly mutilated body in the <laughs> woods. Oh, I hate that when that happens. Right. And you think, well, that's just the perfect time to go take a shower by myself. <laughs> that's how you get a demon, baby. You know? <laughs> and we should have we should have a little a little line of advice for every of these episodes too. This one's that's how you get a demon, baby. <laughs> that's how you get a demon, baby. And and I think for, and for Wonder Woman, it's why are they all so hot? Right. And so I mean. I guess the whole point that I was trying to get is like for like 90% of this trope, I'm like going, yep, yep, yep. And it's just that aspect about the, Mm. the, the, the sexualization of, of torture that I just kind of go, no, no. Well, good for you. (laughs) I don't get it. You can go ahead and be, you can go ahead and be vanilla all you like. All right. 
more more power to Final you. thing. That's no, you know what I'm saying. Though. Considering, considering, you know, that's the thing. <laughs> this is the other thing that I, you know, after but, after but, years but of listening to Dan Savage, you... after years of listening to Dan Savage, what I'm thinking is that well, there's a oh, reason I'm him. alone. It's because one, I'm 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 faulty and broken as a person, and two, well, it's because who it's then two. The other reason that I'm alone is well, you know, I I don't have any kinks. <laughs> oh, I bet you do. No, I don't. You just need to experiment. Well, I don't have any kinks. I don't have any kinks. You're in kink denial. No, <laughs> I've been I've been asked about this repeatedly. In fact, I'm in therapy right now because of it. No I'm in kink. therapy because I don't have a kink. <laughs> no kink is a kink, man. No, it's not. That's really kinky that you don't have any kinks. <laughs> 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 well, okay. Right. So you don't react to that, but you can see how the the lens put on the characters is yeah. I mean, I, to I, make I, you see it. I I see why you see it that way, and I okay. see and I understand why there there might be people out there who who will react in the way that you are saying they will react, and you just don't. And I'm not sure I would like those people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't knock my don't knock my burlesque act, Troy, with my thigh with a little leather strap. Don't knock it. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried. I tried. I tried some BDSM once stuff, and I just collapsed in a, in a laughter. It was horribly funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't commit to it. It's, it's too, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's to me. You get demon babies too. (laughs) You get demon babies. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there was a writing crop involved and I just, you know, I I felt ridiculous. I just could not. A couple of chains later and you get demon babies. That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no I mean, that's totally valid too i just that's at least the idea behind these I, characters. I have some i have some bondage rope i gave it a try once and we decided not to do that anymore because apparently something chafed something badly i don't know <laughs> oh, wow. it wasn't me wow. okay <clears throat> <laughs> Your listeners are all like, oh, my God, I know, oh way, way, I know way, way too, too much, much about Jason Quinn a lot right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens. You you put a little wine in me. You get me talking about story and how and we then demon, construct and then it. And you have a demon baby. <laughs> and you get me around my, with, with, with my, my friend Jen, who we used to drink each – we used to drink strangers under the table talking about books. Friends. Friends, friends. under the table. Friends. Well, he's a stranger now, isn't he? Anyway, yeah. So he's so yeah. <laughs> yeah, he used comes to be out. a friend until he tried you. to drink with us. And then... <laughs> <laughs> now he's a stranger. He was like, shit. <laughs> Who are these demon babies? <laughs> demon babies. Cannot keep up with them. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. So okay, so <laughs> that that is our take on your problematic badass female tropes down the rabbit hole yes. or down the badass hole down the bad down the bad <laughs> asshole down the badass hole <laughs> <laughs> down the badass hole <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> down the bad down. asshole. Down. I think we're done. (laughs) Say goodbye to everybody. Next, next week, next, the next one will be, um, oh, the meaning of his life will be the next one. Oh, good. Yes. We get to talk about Natalie Portman. (gasps) Natalie Portman. Yay. So we'll see you for the next one, people. Bye-bye. The Outrider Podcast is recorded by me, Jason Quinn Malott, and cleaned up by my badass producer, Heather Ann Eden. The songs Choose an Adventure and Break and Mend used in this series are by Wichita-based band Cartwheel off their new EP, Best Days, and are used by permission of the copyright holder, Kristen Chapman. You can get Cartwheel's EP on Apple Music and Spotify, so visit them at www.cartwheel.band.